coach Taku. Making anime your new life coach. Listeners, welcome to. Let's see. If you are devout, you know, by the books, welcome to a new episode. If you are one of our loyal binge listeners, then welcome, <laughs> welcome back from the quick pause you took from your Spotify or your iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. I am your host, Christina Stathopoulos, and I am joined once again by my better half, Mary. And this week, I'm super jazzed because I won. I once again convinced Mary to watch a series for the podcast. And specifically, part of why I'm really excited for what we're covering this week is because it's based on one of my favorite books and series of all times, Sherlock Holmes. But I think it's probably one of the first adaptations I've seen in a long time to really spin the characters and their roles on their heads a little bit. And of course, I'm talking about the critically acclaimed, uh, the really fun Moriarty, the Patriot seasons one and two, or apparently if you watch it on Funimation, just one giant season. Um, If you don't know what I'm talking about, Moriarty, the Patriot, again, is based on Arthur Conan Doyle, Sherlock Holmes, but it starts from the perspective of Moriarty, the criminal mastermind, who in this case isn't just breeding chaos for the sake of chaos, but is coming to create chaos in such a way to actually revolutionize the way the government works in the country. Um, And it's a super fun series. I'm really excited to get into it. Mary, anything you want to add about the show? You know, I'm such a big Sherlock geek as well, Christina. So it was a lot of fun to watch this one and see. I'm always so curious to see people's interpretations of Sherlock Holmes. And I really love the way that they highlight Moriarty in this one, because that's not an experience that we often get. get. And I think one of my favorite all-time Sherlock Holmes interpretations is definitely the one with Benedict Cumberbatch. (laughs) Because, I mean, come on, give me a break. But (laughs) moving on to our coaching topic. So one of the things that really struck me with this episode was just kind of how similar Moriarty and Holmes are. And this is a little bit going into further into the series, but it remains the dynamic between, in Death Note, the ones that we have between Light And um, just like how it's like, I wish this relationship between Holmes and Moriarty would have been, you know, inserted in Death Note. I think that was the missing for me because you see these two characters who are super committed, by the way, that's our coaching topic, who are super committed to their cause, but find a way to play together and still keep the integrity in their own values, beliefs, and work. Anything to add to that, Christina? Oh, yeah. I think, you know, one thing to add is, first of all, we've covered Death Note before. We actually did an entire episode on it, on righteousness. And I think to echo what you're saying, Mary, in that episode, we talk quite a bit about how 
Elle uh, and Light just become so obsessed with beating each other and being being righteous and like winning. And I think what we find in this series, it talking about commitment is you have Moriarty who has a commitment to revolution and Sherlock who just has a commitment to the truth. And so while you see those two storylines create conflict and turmoil throughout the series, interestingly enough, you also see how they complement each other. Um, And so we're going to dive into that a little bit more But before we do, I just want to give the series a shout out because I have to say for a show that I think relies more so on the intellectual psychological aspect of it than, say, the action, it is exquisitely animated. Like there's just something about the character designs and the lighting of the series that's really pleasing on the eye. So, you know, if you're into um, an intellectual, psychological deep dive anime, I highly recommend this series for you. Yes, Christina would know all about the visual storytelling. <laughs> so where do we start, Christina, with this, with the series? I think, um, I think what's, uh, okay, so here's where I, I started off with, because we start out with Moriarty and getting all the backstory to Moriarty and how he, quote unquote, came to be, because what we find out later is that's not really a he, it's a they. And I think what was awesome about that is just like from very early on, you have this trio that's super committed to creating change, change that brings about equality. And it sounds like such a beautiful, pure idea, equality. But in a world where everything is not equal and where there isn't access to justice for those people who that don't have means, this trio finds a way to create that equality say not so legal not so like clean terms and it works right they're really smart about it they know they have a vision they have a project plan they have a goal as to how they want this to go and i think what they do is that they partner together to bring in resources to create this idea and to really put it into effect that's smart and that really enrolls and engages the people around them, right? Because everyone wants to support someone who's going to stand up for them for a change. I think that's pretty brilliant. And then I think that dynamic kind of changes a bit with the introduction of Sherlock, who has his own ideas of integrity and truth and value and discovering, uncovering what's hidden. Yeah. And, and that's why, you know, we've hinted at it before, but to just solidify what we're talking about here, like, Moriarty the Patriot is, in my opinion, the perfect series to revisit this coaching concept of commitment, because what I would assert is that commitments need to be larger than we are. So I think oftentimes when you get asked the question, what are you committed to? You might think of the things that you do like, oh, I'm committed to eating good food or I'm committed to being a good employee. Um, And what I would assert is that there's a level higher than that. Like, why do you eat good food? Because you're committed to a healthy whole body that's energized, invigorated and feels good. Why do you want to be a good employee? Oh, because you are committed to feeling passionate in your career and being fulfilled by the work that you do and being recognized for your contribution. And so to to drive that point home a little bit, uh, the Moriarty brothers and essentially the collective that they build for themselves, 
their highest commitment is to justice, which is fascinating because the modes through which they seek to create justice are entirely illegal and criminal (laughs) in nature. Um, And it can be a bit of a brain teaser to look at, well, commitment to justice, execution through illegal means. But I think what is fascinating about the series is that they are so committed and so charismatic in their commitment that to Mary's point, they actually pull in other leading players that are drawn to the cause because it it really does demonstrate that cliche of the ends justify the means. Like, and I think the important coaching lesson in that is not, I want to be clear, not go do illegal things, but but if you have a commitment that's so much larger than who you are, and frankly, larger than perhaps even what your lifetime is capable of seeing, then that draws people in and they're willing to play that game with you. And I think that's why when you have a character like Sherlock, whose commitments are slightly different that you're still able to create this mutually beneficial relationship because it's enticing, it's seductive, it's enrolling. It makes you go, okay, they're, they're up to something that's working and I want to understand more of how to make it work and how I can contribute to that cause. You said a few brilliant things in there, Christina. And the first one is that around having a really high commitment. And I just want to highlight that for a minute because when we don't have a commitment that's high enough we ourselves it's easier for our 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 own selves to not follow through through with it so if our commitment is like i want to eat yummy food great what happens when there isn't yummy food are you gonna starve not eat eat something unhealthy like what is actually the driving force behind it why why do you want to do it and if that commitment isn't really high enough for yourself, if it's you're not going to buy into it 100% of the time, it's easy then not to follow through with it. And I guess one of the easiest ways to like illustrate this is like weight loss or <laughs> New Year's resolutions. I mean, how many of us haven't had New Year's resolutions that we just don't follow through on? It's because the commitment isn't high enough. It's not high enough for us to actually commit to it every single day. And we can look at this in terms of relationships or work or anything really that you have an idea, a plan around, a goal around. So make the commitment high enough, make it strong enough, not just for you, but for other people around you. The other thing is like, think about like Martin Luther King. I mean, look at that level of commitment. I have a dream. And people bought into that. They enrolled in it. They they engaged in that because his commitment to the truth, to justice, to equality was that high. So when we're creating our own commitments, make sure that you're enrolled with it. And then the other thing, Christina, that you mentioned was around Sherlock and how he's buying into this. And I think what's so interesting about it is that while Sherlock has his own commitments to the truth, you find that they actually don't clash with Moriarty's commitment to to justice. In fact, Sherlock is often like himself engaged in it because he's like, oh, I can't do this because it wouldn't be legal, but they can. And I think the moment that really illustrates that is with Irene Adler, aka the woman, <laughs> because Sherlock realizes he's not able to protect her, but Moriarty brothers can. 
And so that's an opportunity where you see both parties really working together in service of something greater, which is pretty cool. Yes. And, you know, um, this is just like a geek out moment in the series, which uh, spoiler alert, by the way, because we're going to get into things, you know, um, Sherlock decides to strike a deal with the Lord of Crime, you know, the Moriarty brothers. That's the moniker that they're using. And he's willing to strike a deal so as to keep Irene safe. And it's amazing because, you know, the Lord of Crime passes an envelope to Sherlock and is like, hey, I promise I'll keep her safe. And if I fail to keep that promise, you can open up this envelope and it will reveal exactly who I am. And then you can report me. You can do whatever it is you need to do. Um, And something that's really incredible, uh, again, massive spoiler alert, is Irene Adler does proceed to quote unquote die. She eliminates her identity from the face of the earth. She goes on to be James Bond. And that's a whole other side conversation and a good laugh. But when Sherlock hears the news of Irene's passing, what's really intriguing to me in the series is Sherlock is so smart and his deductive skills are so competent that he immediately realizes that this death isn't true. And in addition to Sherlock's commitment to the truth, what you see time and time again through the series is he has a commitment to trusting his gut and trusting his intuition. And from aligning his actions with that commitment to trusting his gut, he goes ahead and he burns the envelope because he's already decided, okay, this person is so good at what they do that the best way to protect Irene is to make her seem like she doesn't exist. And so I need to trust my gut that that is what has happened here and believe that this person can remain an ally, even if I'm not totally clear on what their end game is yet. And I think that that uh, also brings a really interesting piece to the idea of how can we follow through on our commitments? Because I think what Sherlock demonstrates so beautifully is, you know, despite the fact that he's a man of rationale and science and logic, uh, I think he in that moment, he almost brings a spiritual aspect (laughs) to the conversation. Like he has a willingness to trust his intuition. And I think so many of us where we waver in our commitments, like, you know, Mary used the example of Martin Luther King Jr. Like that dude was up, up against a lot of shit. And if he didn't trust his intuition, what would he, he have had? He was literally starting a revolution. You know, he was starting a movement that would, you know, change a lot of things for a lot of people. And so I offer it because, you know, if you're looking at your commitments, you also need to look at like, what is your relationship to trusting yourself and trusting being your word? And what would it require to strengthen your facility with having those things? Ooh, words of wisdom by none other than Christina. (laughs) And just to geek out on this for a little bit, I'm bringing it back to death note, Christina. What if light and Al could have had that type of trust in each other and in themselves? Because <laughs> when you think about light and Al, initially they both started out with like these, <laughs> these beautiful ideas about what the world should look like. And I'm going to argue that Al is a little bit like Sherlock 
and light this is a bit like moriarty both brilliant both using their own knowledge and tools and mentalities to create a better world for themselves but i think it's interesting uh, in two ways one you don't see the same power struggle their commitments are so great that they're not attached to the competition. They're attached to their goals. They're attached to uh, the vision that they have of the future, less than competing with each other or anyone else, less and less on the power play. But imagine if El and Light would have had that kind of dynamic with each other. What kind of story would we have had in Death Note? What kind of ending? How would that have unfolded? And I think that's the other thing that a commitment that's high enough can actually give you and the people around you. It's like, how can you partner together to create that vision and that goal? Yeah, which is why to draw another parallel to other series. And this is actually, so this is a series that we have not yet covered on Coach Taku. And so if you want us to, you know, shoot... (laughs) Shoot us an email, you know, hit up our DMs, comment on our Instagram posts, because it's one of my favorite series of all times. And I think it has the same flavor is um, Code Kiosk, because similarly, you see the relationship that uh, is constantly at odds between Lelouch and Suzaku. Like you see similarly at the end of that series, and I won't, I'll be vague on purpose because it's a pretty big spoiler. Otherwise, you see that them uniting on a common commitment is what allows them to reach a goal that's bigger than either of their own opinions of how it should go. Um, And so I think that's the other thing in general is when you're in commitment conversations, you really got to be looking at like, what is the larger vision versus can you agree with everyone on the exact perfect way to execute and make the vision happen? Um, and revisiting Irene Adler for a moment, I think that's what makes her an interesting character because at the start of the series, when you're, or I guess in the middle of the series, when you're introduced to her as a character, um, she's really playing this mission on her own. Like she also has this commitment to justice and to revolution, but at a point, the game becomes too big for her to handle because she hasn't built allies in the process. And it's actually her reinvention of her identity into James Bond and, you know, becoming part of the Moriarty's that gives her the resources, that gives her the connections, that gives her the relationships to be more effective at executing on her commitment. That's so true. And I love how you frame that because it's true for ourselves to think about it. Um, I know so many of my friends, uh, I'll give you an example, they're into CrossFit. Their higher commitment is for, you know, a health, health play fun. Um, and it's unrolling. It's unrolling when you get to work out with other people. It's unrolling when, and by unrolling, I mean engaging. You want to be a part of that. You want to be part of that social sphere that's also connected to your own goals, that sees the same thing. It's the same thing for Christina and myself on this podcast. You know, our higher commitment is for voice, transparency, fun, uh, being the total geeks and nerds that we are. And that's engaging. That's what keeps us coming here, regardless of how we feel. You know, regardless if we're tired, if we had a long day, if things are happening in the outside world, it's like you're still committed to the larger goal. 
And that's how you're able to accomplish things. That's how you're able to keep moving forward. And that's, I think, what was so interesting about this series, because you see the Moriarty brothers kind of doing the same thing. And how many people are they engaging in this vision, regardless of the means? (laughs) Because you're like, yeah, I kind of want to do that. And it's okay if you're doing it this way. I understand. We'll justify it. (laughs) And still going. And I want to point out how engaging that is. But also point out that for you, like as a as an outsider, have to be really clear on what your own commitment is and how that fits into your world frame. Yeah. And as we start to wrap, like wrap up this episode, one of the reasons why I want to touch on the significance and importance of what you're talking about, Mary, is I think in this particular series, John Watson is a great character because he's a great barometer for whether Sherlock has actually enrolled him in what he's up to. In other words, like really gotten him on the same page of why he's doing what he's doing. Or if he's just like acting and John isn't sufficiently enrolled. And as a result, he's just like, you're crazy. You're nuts. I don't want anything to do with this. I'm backing out now. Um, Sayonara sucker. Um, And, you know, I think that that is one of the places where Sherlock can eat a slice of humble pie sometimes in watching the Moriarty's because Sherlock's method of enrollment is he's just so right all the time that eventually people like Lestrade just have to start believing in him. Whereas with the Moriarty's, it is a little more political. It's charismatic. It's seductive. It's influential. You know, they really massage and work relationships first and then enroll people in their big ideas, you know, to the point where they have various people that are literally like, hey, I'm expendable. You know, my life is expendable for your cause because I'm so wooed and enrolled in what your vision is and what it's going to make possible. Dangerous thoughts, Christina. Dangerous thoughts. <laughs> yeah. So to kind of wrap up, I mean, I think this was an awesome series. Again, I love Sherlock. I love this take on this criminal mastermind that we, I don't know that I've ever gotten to experience Moriarty like this before. And I love that the title is Moriarty the Patriot because it's very clear, even from the title, why he's like, what his commitment is, what he's trying to do, and how the story is shifting. So, final thoughts, um, moments that I love, Christina, definitely with Irene Adler, so much fun. Like, just watching the dynamic between this is a spoiler alert between Irene becoming uh, dying and then becoming a man. <laughs> James Bond and um, a lot of fun just watching Sherlock and you know Moriarty just kind of banter with each other and kind of play in this fun different kind of way oh my god yes 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 I think one of my favorite parts of the series is the I don't know there's like some flirtatious undertones between Moriarty and Sherlock especially like if you've seen the finale if you know then you know I'm just going to leave it at that spoiler otherwise. But um, one of my favorite moments is particularly when like Sherlock out of nowhere tells Moriarty like, well, I could accuse you of being the Lord of crime right now. And Moriarty in turns like I am the Lord of crime, but you have to prove it. And it's just such a 
don't know. The dynamic between the two of them is so well written in this adaptation. It's so fascinating and it's simultaneously dangerous and significant and fun and lighthearted at the same time. And I just get a real kick out of it. So if you have also gotten a kick, not only out of the series, but out of this podcast episode, um, let us know. First of all, thank you for listening. But second of all, if you really want to show us the love, consider leaving us reviews, engaging and following us on our Instagram, you know, helping us know that we are on track with covering series that you want us to talk about. And hey, if in the event we missed it this time and you're just like, come on, Christina, come on, Mary, when are you going to cover my favorite, which is blank? Fill in the blank in our DMs and we are more than happy to accommodate requests from our loyal listeners. Well, next time, everybody. Thank you for watching Coach Taku. If you liked this episode, please share it and consider subscribing so you never miss a new episode. Have an idea for an episode or show you'd love us to discuss? DM us on our Insta, Coach Taku Pod, C-O-H-C-H-T-A-C-U-P-O-D, or email us at coachtakupod at gmail.com. Love your wonderful host. In that case, you can follow me, Christina, at herextinaroar on Instagram. And you can follow Mary at raven5130 on Instagram. Thanks so much. Catch you in the next one.